0: Okay.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to tonight's special edition of the Draft Countdown podcast. It is our day 3 senior bowl recap. Shane gave him the night off, so I brought in pigskin Paul, who's been keeping up with the practice just the same as I have, and we are ready to rock and roll tonight. We're going to talk about day 3, we're maybe sum up the week uh in general at the end of the show, but uh Paul, I tweeted it out during the day. It, it led my my piece that dropped a couple of hours ago over at DraftCountdown.com. Um, we, we we got some MIAs uh, today, and I don't think all of them were injury-related. Uh, matter of fact, I'm going to say the bulk of them were not. Some of them are kind of may, – maybe they are, and I don't know, because there's a couple of head-scratchers if they're not. But we'll lead here. Uh, Liatu Latu. Edge rusher from UCLA, maybe the top rated player in this game, uh, was at practice today, but was in street clothes. Uh, right. Unknown reason why he's out. Talisay Fuaga, offensive Tackle, Oregon State, was in full uniform at practice, but just didn't participate. Yep. Same goes for Toledo cornerback, Poignon Mitchell, fully dressed, didn't participate. Uh, Braden McGregor, the Michigan edge rusher, uh, he was at practice in street clothes, don't know what his deal is. Uh, Mike Hall, defensive lineman, Ohio State, wasn't there. Uh, Jackson Powers Johnson, the pretty much the star of the week so far, I, I would say. Uh, the interior offensive lineman from Oregon, not at practice today. Uh, Roman uh, Roman Wilson, the wide receiver from Michigan, another big star uh, in practice this week. He bailed. Uh, Johnny Dixon, cornerback from Penn State, he got banged up at the Wednesday practice. I didn't see that until I watched the NFL Network coverage. Uh, yep. this afternoon from yesterday. Uh, Ricky Pearsall, wide receiver for Florida, been a big star this week in practice. He bailed. Uh, Bo Braid, safety from Maryland, uh, was not at practice today. I'm going to say he had to have gotten nicked up because I don't know why him and or Malik Mustafa, the safety from Wake Forest, would sit out on their laurels if they weren't injured in some way uh, because they definitely aren't top 100 guys right now. Uh, no, no great loss there with those two. Um Trevor Keegan the interior offensive lineman from Michigan he missed uh Wednesday and Thursday's practice with back spasms that he got during the Tuesday yes. practice. Brennan Jackson never even got to do any drills on Tuesday. He got his ankle rolled on doing something before they got going. He was in a boot the rest of the week, but he was at practice uh all 3 days and was at the media event. So good on him for sticking around for that. Uh Javon Baker, the wide receiver from UCF, he uh, had a hamstring injury today in practice. Uh, Jacob Cowling, the wide receiver from Arizona, I don't know what happened, but I'm going to call it a lower leg injury because he was favoring something. They brought the card out for him today. So I don't know what happened there. Hopefully nothing too serious. We'll find out later. Uh, but a serious injury did occur at practice yesterday uh, with Rasheen Ali, the running back from Marshall, who was having a great who had a great first day uh Torres biceps uh Torres bicep in practice on Wednesday he's going to have knee surgery going
0: to miss 6 months uh, he's not getting drafted now yeah um Brian I do know and I don't remember exactly what Powers Johnson was hurt it was a lower leg injury of some kind yesterday uh okay. and, he, and he toughed it through the practice but I think okay. So, so he that's screwed in some way, shape, or form. So so
1: okay, so that that's fine. That's that's acceptable. Um you know, I mean, like I said, there could be little nick injuries here that these other players saying they're just not being it's not being put out there. Um but let's get to that national team practice today. Uh I watched the offensive defense line. This was the first day I, I solely focused on these guys. And I got to tell you, there's a couple of guys I didn't really have my eyes on before the week, but I'm going to go back and watch heavily now. And that's a couple of interior offensive linemen. Florida's Kingsley, Egwakun, and Dominic Pooney from Kansas. Big – I think they both had good weeks all week, but they were especially good today.
0: Yeah, and I think it was doubly important for Pooney because he was primarily a tackle at Kansas after transferring up from FCS or with even a lower division two, I think it was school. Um, And yet he was projected that he probably didn't have the footwork and the mobility. And I agree to play tackle. So I seem to remember some talk that he was going to spend more time interior than on the edges. And I thought he looked good. You're right. He took up a lot of space. He moved a little bit. And you know he's he's a big man. He he did do some
1: he did have some reps this week at tackle as well, but I think most of his star reps were at guard. Uh, speaking of another guy who I think he's also going to be a day three pick, and it's going to be a value pick there because he can back up. This guy he's repped at all five offensive line positions this week. Isaiah Adams from uh, Illinois. Yep. Um, that kind of versatility, man, that gets you on a, on a roster.
0: Either he and or his agent were very smart when they talked before he came here and it must've come up that, Hey, if they'll let you try to just tell them you'll play anywhere Play anywhere. do it. Yeah. And he did quite well overall. He, you know, he's, he's got a, he's got a little bit of athleticism and he's a big guy.
1: Um. A guy who needed a good week this week and bounced back after that performance in the uh, national championship game
0: was Washington's
1: Roger Rosengarten, but he's done a good job this week.
0: Yes, I agree. I I wrote him up in my report for today as kind of saving his prospect title heading out of this game the way he, yeah, he's, he's held his own this week and. Stoned a few people and played hard.
1: Another guy where versatility is king, repped at every spot today except center. Utah Satoa, Satoa Lamea. Um, another versatile guy. I thought I actually thought he did really well at tackle, even though I think he's a guard probably at the next level, but I thought he uh he did really well at tackle today.
0: Yeah, I think I think he will start out as a guard in the NFL. But eventually, they're going to, if he's if he shows to be what we think he is, eventually, his team is going to say, "Oh, so and so is retiring. Let's uh, open training camp with him, out at tackle right now, and let's see what happens."
1: Right. Maybe um, three
0: years down the road. A
1: guy who has done absolutely nothing for me this week, and uh, I've, t- I- I- I've talked about him a couple times this week. It's Tyler Davis from Clemson. This guy is just in a big nothing burger all week long.
0: I, I agree, and I'm not surprised at that. I expected nothing from him, you know. Uh, and I don't think he or his agent expected anything spectacular. I mean, what was he? He was six years at Clemson. Yeah. Um, and he, he doesn't have the – it's a bad combination when you don't have either the athleticism or the size to really fit in the NFL. And that's him, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, one
1: trick pony. I think uh, I've noticed this week, and I have to go back to the tape and see if if he had any counter moves at all, or if is he just a bend around the edge guy and just that's his, and flatten to the quarterback. Does he have any other moves? Adiza Isaac from Penn State. It, it's that's the only trick he had in his bag
0: all week. You know, I it. I have felt for a long time because one of my favorite, I'm originally from New England, and the only really big-time football program we had in the 60s when I was a teenager and blah, 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 was Syracuse and Penn State were the only really Division I big-time football schools. So I've always kind of followed Penn State. I was a big Joe Paterno fan. That debacle with the Sandusky pedophile stuff was just a disaster, and it was handled poorly by everyone. But anyway, I I still kind of watch Penn State. And James Franklin and his staff do a wonderful job recruiting, and it ends there. I think James Franklin thinks that strawberry is not a base flavor of ice cream. It's just chocolate and vanilla. That's it. And I don't think they do a very, I just don't think they develop their players very much, quite frankly, especially from a pro perspective. They don't develop their players. I, you know, I, it's, it's crazy. And they I think this, this is what happens. You know, he's probably, Isaac is probably the same player he was, just a little bit bigger when he came in as a freshman four years ago.
1: Yeah. He'll, he's going to test really well because that's what Penn State guys do. But I'm with you. Not a whole lot of development from him. Uh, I don't tend to like uh, using the sleeper, uh, sleeper, uh, tweener term anymore because I I feel like it's gotten phased out. But there's a few guys here this week that are definitely tweeners. And Javon Solomon from Troy is one of them. He seems to struggle with power coming Mm -hmm. off that edge. He got all of his sacks this year rushing from like a five technique spot with with Troy. He's not going to be able to do that in the NFL because he's just going to be so out, outpowered trying to do that. Uh, so right. he's going to have to come off the edge or he's going to have to stand up. And they 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 had him standing up at linebacker in some drills. That was a complete disaster. disaster. So
0: it's he I hate it. As a pro, Brian, he's going to make a really good player either in the CFL or the United Football League. You know, he will stand out there. He'll have big numbers. And every couple of years, some NFL team will bring him to training camp. And then he'll end up right back in the CFL or the UFL. I, it's, You know, and there's lots of players like that. And they're good football players. They're really good college football players. But as we always talk about, a big part of scouting and projecting these things is you have to get a feel for how the players' skills, athleticism, and size will translate from the college game to the pro game. And it just doesn't always work out. And he's going to be one of those guys, I think.
1: Yeah, I thought Marshawn Nealon has had a good week up to today, but today was not his
0: his day. Uh, yeah, and I thought I heard something – I I agree with you. I thought I heard something again about him, that he was not 100% physically. He, he You know, he wasn't going home yet, blah, 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 but he just – something had happened on Wednesday's practice, I believe it was. So keep an eye out to see if he's there Saturday is what I'm hearing. Yeah. Yeah. There you go.
1: A couple other notes I had, that was all I had uh, from the offensive defensive line. Do you have any other
0: offensive defensive line notes from today? Um, Let me check here. I think I had a few. Oh, I was going to say, yes, a couple. Um, I thought, Christian Jones was one of the best. That's he's on the American team. We'll get to him in a second. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, right. okay. Um, so let me turn the page and go to my national team. There you go. Notes. Um, no, you know what? No, I thought I thought the one on ones for them were pretty blasé today. Uh, yeah. I in fact I think I agreed with something I heard you say the other day that. Um, you and Shane agreed that the practices between the national team versus the American team were like day and night. Yeah. And yeah. I liken it to the year that uh, the Browns came. Yes. And, and that was an absolute disaster. I remember, I think that was right when Phil took over, Phil Savage took over the game. And his comment in a meeting I was in for the radio people was never again. (laughs) Never
1: again. We'll talk about that in just a second. We get to the American team. But a couple other notes I had today. Um, Dylan Lobby, New Hampshire, running back. He's gotten a lot of hype this week and well-deserved. He's been very good this week. I think, for my money, the most consistent running back, day in, day out, has been Marshawn Lloyd from Southern Cal. On that, on the national roster,
0: yeah, yeah, probably so. Um, I think, I honestly, th- and this goes back to something you told me several years ago, uh, and that is, you know, it has always been a struggle for Lynch to stay. On the field. Yes. it's Boy, It's, it's yeah, been, yeah. you know, kind of like when Debo was at South Carolina. Same thing there. He was great when he played. Soft, and then he,
1: a lot he, of soft he, tissue, two, tissue stuff. Yeah,
0: yeah, two games missed here, three games there. I think Labe has to end up with the right team. And if he does, doing return work, and primarily a third-down running back because he's such a darn good receiver. Um, he could be in a he could be in a running back room in the NFL for six seven years. And, you know
1: you know what running back look like a polished route runner out there this week. Sioni Focky, the safety from Utah. I'm, I know you were beaming when you saw the saw him out there in the slot and then oh. run, running the arrow route and all that this week. I know you were. Right, you that. know
0: how I feel. I I I don't remember which Pac-12 game it was that I watched Utah. I think it was Utah and Oregon. Maybe. He had
1: a hundred and yeah, he, he went over a hundred plus rushing against somebody this year. Oh, that was, pack, pack, game, the, pack, that was yeah. the bowl
0: game, I think. I think that was their bowl game. That kid can do anything. I'm convinced of it. He's, he looked pretty good today in the red zone safety work that he did. And I've seen him. I think he averaged over seven yards a carry in his limited carries at Utah last year as a running back. And then he's playing a slot. I think somebody is going to latch on to that kid. And the problem is going to be, will they be able to find the spot where he can be a, high-level NFL player, or will he last three or four years and be a jack-of-all-trades and help him save a roster spot?
1: My uh, money's on Sean Payton and the Broncos.
0: That would, that would be a good place for him. Yeah, that would be a very good place for him, I think.
1: Um, after the first day, um, the quarterbacks looked a little bit better today than they did yesterday. Um, Michael Penix, I thought, made some really nice throws. I Thought Sam Hartman made a couple of nice plays down in the red zone. Um, uh, Bo Nix was just
0: kind of there. I thought he had some good. It, it depended on which part of the practice. When they got into the red zone drills, Nix did fine. He, he had some nice throws. He threw the ball away a couple of times. Because people were covered. Um, But I didn't see anything from any of these three guys that impressed me this week, even these three quarterbacks from this team. I think that all it did was reinforce to me that once you get, I think Penix and Knicks will have a chance to be drafted late in the first round for a team that's really needy. Once you get past those five guys, anybody else that was here may not get drafted at all, or it'll be fourth, a third day. Um, I, I didn't see much all week. One good throw, and then the next one. I'll, well, until we'll talk about when we get to the next unit here.
1: Yeah. Um, Any other notes on the national team roster before we move on over to the American team today? Yes. One
0: more thing. Uh, We all know that tight end is for as good as the tight end group of prospects was last year. They're that bad this year. But I will say this because I, I kind of liked this guy starting two years ago and I'll get back to the Penn state coaching staff. Sometimes I don't understand what they do. I thought Theo Johnson had a lot of good reps this week. He caught the ball well. He's a big guy who will and can block. I think Theo Johnson could end up being a fourth or fifth round pick for a team that needs a big inline tight end who can also catch a few balls for them. Uh, i don't I don't disagree
1: with that, but my main this was my main takeaway from Theo Johnson this week. He looks so good this week at tight end because the other two tight ends on this national roster—Brevin Spanford from Minnesota and AJ Barner from Michigan—are so bad. <laughs> there is there is no way. I, I cannot see a team spending draft capital on Brevin Spanford. I, I can't do it. I just I, <laughs> I, I I I don't see how you could justify that. If you if you need a third tight end who can block sure give me aj barner right i'm not asking him to do jack squat in the receiving game he's he's slightly worse drew sample is what he is now drew okay. sample was a second round pick never should have been we all know this should have been a fifth round pick that's neither here nor there yeah but uh aj barner i think is draftable as a blocking tight end brevin spord brevin spanford to me is not draftable at all there's no way um, I would okay. spend any 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 draft pick on him, uh, Theo Johnson. I, I fourth round might be too high for me. <laughs> Just yeah, no. I late, late I fifth take it, sixth round. Uh, you can sell me, but I I, I don't know about that uh, that that high. But he was the best tight end on that team by default.
0: Yeah, and he's tra- Let's how about we'll compromise. He's draftable he is well, late but yes, he's draft
1: he's yeah he's he's a he's a late, mid to late day 3 draftable guy yeah uh, but the other two no point bueno. no. All right, let's let, let's move on to the american team here uh day 3 of practice and like we did with the uh the national team where they had 16 players uh bite the dust if you will uh the american team only had 6 this week Uh, Jeremy Flax got hurt on the first day. He was actually, they actually replaced. That's the only replacement player I've seen come in this week was, uh, the guy they brought in for Flax. They must've had him ready to go. Uh, Travis Glover from Georgia state replaced Jeremy Flax. They just put the same number. They might've gave him the same Jersey for all I know. It was the same number. The damn helmet looked the same. It was blue with a cat on it. I, I, I thought it was Jeremy Flax. I really did until I was like, wait a minute. That's, that's not him. Uh, but no, so he's out. Um, Xavier Leggett, wide receiver, South Carolina. He's been dealing with some ankle soreness all week, uh, apparently, and uh, he tried to give it a go again today, but he uh, he shut it down, went and changed clothes, gotten street clothes. He's done for the week. Um, Tyler Guyton, offensive tackle, Oklahoma, not at practice. Don't know why. Uh, Jared Wiley, tight end from TCU, was at practice in street clothes. And Aniah Smith, wide receiver, text A and M, nowhere to be seen today.
0: He, he left town. He heard all the bad things you were saying about him. Being very disappointed, that he just left. Maybe so. I'm <laughs> sorry.
1: <laughs> I calls him as I sees him. But uh, the I actually at, at one point and and this is how much time I had to kill during this American team practice. This was the worst practice. In the eight years I've covered this game as media, this was this made the Hugh Jackson practices look intense. I'm telling you, these were the worst. The last two days were the worst two practices I've ever seen, and somehow today got worse than yesterday. There's a, they have two hours of practice. Of the 120 minutes, I think we had 40, maybe 40 usable minutes, and that's being generous, maybe 40 usable minutes. Of actual
0: practice today.
1: It was awful.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's kind of like you, you watch certain TV shows that are big hits. And if you ever clocked how many minutes worth of commercials are in there in the 60 minutes, you'd, you'd fry. And it, I agree with you. And it, this was again what happened that year that the Browns coaches were there is, They spent so much time after every rep teaching and correcting what had happened with the players that you'd have 10 seconds of action and then you had two minutes of them standing out there talking and instructing and way too much of that. If you can't get it done in the classroom, then you can't get it done. Yeah. It's, But
1: it wasn't just that. I mean, that I can at least deal with because you're in the middle of the reps. These were just like if you like if you watch this practice today on NFL Network and say you DVR'd it, you could have fast forwarded through the first hour and missed absolutely nothing. Yeah. I mean, it was just it's it's pathetic. And I, no offense to the Terrell Williams or whatever, I think he just took a job with the Lions as some yes, kind of he coach. he did. Yep. Uh, I hope he never gets a head coaching job, just based off this practice. I wish I wish ill will on this man as uh, uh, in his coaching career.
0: Yeah, Well, and I won't disagree with that, but I would add that this maybe is, it's not uh, his fault. All his fault. Well, this but, is this is this is part of the issue I have with this. And I understand why the NFL doesn't really want to try to come up with sending team coaching staffs because I I think the NFL is quickly becoming the coaching carousel, goes all the way down to the trainer nowadays, and it's just as crazy as the transfer portal in college football. Guys are just moving left and right and lateral and up and down. But when you pull together eight or ten coaches who all come from different teams, different systems, different, you name it. And they come in and they're going to pull together a game plan and they're all going to be on the same page of what they're trying to teach and how they're trying to use the players. It doesn't work. And I think these guys get caught up in trying to iron out these things and then you end up with nothing. It's like when the officials decide they need to discuss every penalty flag that was thrown.
1: The problem, the problem with that argument is the other practice that happened two hours before that one is same coaching mashup run complete run smoother than some team, full teams that we most actually run smoother than most full team operations I've seen in the last seven years. So I it's this group that of coaches they have on this America team, their practice plan sucked.
0: Yes. Just yep. straight sucked. I agree. Uh,
1: but let's get into the offensive defensive line drills from today that I watched, and this guy at watching practice film and then catching up on watching him today when he's at out when he's outside. They, he's he's had some guard reps too that weren't near as successful. Okay. But I have moved. I will be moving up higher, much higher on my board than I had him. Maryland offensive tackle Delmar Glaze.
0: Yeah. I'm going to say the same. Yeah. I, I didn't have him ranked anywhere. He wasn't on my top 300 list. And when I heard he was coming, it was like, Oh boy, Jim's really desperate this year to fill up his roster. You're right. He held his own. He belonged in this game with this level of players. And I think, an awful lot of NFL scouts are going to be hitting the tape to watch some more of the Maryland games to see him in action.
1: Yeah, he's he's the real deal. And when I saw the way he performed this week, it told me really how deep this offensive tackle class is this year because I don't think this guy's going to go in the first three rounds. No. But I I could see him as a starting-level player getting drafted on day three. That, that's how well I was impressed with him this week. Like I said, got to go back and watch the tape uh, yeah. some a little bit because he didn't really stand out to me when I watched the Mar- Maryland a couple of times this year, but it, it was nice. Uh, same thing I can, well, a guy I, I, I knew, I was well aware of and, and and thought he was a talented player was Missouri's Javon Foster. Yes. Uh, he had another good day today. Um, I, I think I think he is a potential top 100 guy.
0: Yes, I agree with you. I agree. Um, He looks bigger than he actually is. Yes. Um, You know, I would have said 325 pounds from just looking at him. But, no, he's a good ball player. He can move his feet. Right, you uh
1: you brought him up, uh tried to bring him up earlier, and I told you to save it. But here 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 you go. Tell me about Christian Jones, offensive tackle, Texas. Uh I had him for all, all almost all wins today.
0: Yeah, I did too. I did too. And and most of them weren't even close. And if you so you look at what he, and Monday and on Tuesday he was excellent. Again, almost perfect. I thought he was okay, but not great on Tuesday. And I happened to see. A interview that Jeff Risden and the Lions Wire yeah, guys yeah. did with him. Man, he is an articulate, smart young man. Um, so you throw together the high IQ in general, probably, which probably means from watching him, he's got a high FBI, as Mike Smith used to say endlessly. No. Um, and he played. Was it just short of 50 starts at Texas? I, I think it was so. 48 or something. It's almost four years as a starter. Uh, you throw all that together and you look at his size, and geez, I I think he just got into my top 100 based on what I've seen this week.
1: Very well. I mean, how many offensive tackles or or offensive linemen in general do you think are going to end up in your top 100 at 20? it 15, could be 15 to 20 it's going to be a lot i right.
0: mean i think we're looking at 6 or 7 per round yeah this is this class yeah. is so good man yeah. i mean yeah. but part of this is also because you know this this draft class is not deep and it's not you know at the positions it's good it's really good but there's a lot of position groups here that don't even come close to measuring up to last year's talent so uh, but, yeah, it's going to be heavy, heavy, heavy. it'll be mean with heavies. That's for sure. That's uh,
1: hard not to like uh, UConn's Christian Haynes. Yeah. Yeah. Go to church. Man, say go to church. That was a whole ordeal yesterday, right? We talked about that last night. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know what old uh, Jordan Jefferson was thinking there, man, but <laughs> –
0: But, well, it it is what it is. Let's face it, you see that in football. Unfortunately, some of it is when when some of these guys aren't doing well, they have no respect for the opponent. They can't admit that this guy might be better than me kind of thing. Um, But it's done. It's over. Nobody really got hurt, luckily. But, yeah, Haynes, I think – I think I had a few questions about him based on who he played for and who they played for competition, but looking at his size, looking at his attitude and he sure has some, um, he did a lot of good work this week on the inside. And I, you know,
1: another interior offensive lineman I thought stood out to me watching the practice tape from yesterday and then seeing him in person today, was Leighton Robinson Texas A&M's uh, interior offensive line? I thought he he was uh, he's looked sharp
0: this week. He he flashes, and he certainly has the has the talent, the physical talent. I mean, he was what he wasn't he a five star? I I, I, I have no idea. I don't keep up with all that stuff. I, yeah, and I don't follow closely, but I know darn well that he was considered a recruiting victory when Texas A&M got him. And he started a lot of games for them, and he played under, a, a har- to me, a horrible coaching situation um, at Texas A&M. So, you know, we might – he, like a lot of guys in this game, and I, I plead guilty to putting it way too often in the articles I've done this week, combine's going to be a big deal. Combine is going to be a big deal for a lot of these guys. It's going to make or break people uh, when we get those numbers
1: plugged in. And I love the Senior Bowl. I do. I love the All-Star Games, and tape is so important. These games are important. People like to say the Combine, oh, it's just – they're just working as – it's a freaking huge deal, people. It just is. And whether you like it or not, it is. <laughs> And you're right, some of these guys, man, the between the medicals and the workouts, that combine the combine this year might be one of the more important ones we've seen in in recent memory, especially when it comes to like the medical portion on on a lot of these guys that we think are first round guys. Yeah. Um let's let's flip it over to the defensive line here. And big first two days to the point where the first-round hype started all, and Holland eh, We'll slow it down a little bit today, but uh, Darius Robinson from Missouri, uh, we have him as a defensive lineman for about another week. We're moving him to edge uh, after this week. But uh, Darius Robinson from Missouri, what are your thoughts on him this I, week?
0: I, yeah, he absolutely helped himself a lot here. Um. I look at him and I think to myself, "Well, you know, if everything goes right for him and he plays with intensity, um, he's definitely a top 100 player on my book now." And he and he was yeah. probably not. He was probably at 110 or so, and now he's in there. I don't think I'm going to put him in round one, other than maybe tomorrow night. Just to keep things interesting, um, inside jokes, folks. Uh, but it's—he's got—he's obviously got the athleticism. He's got the size, and you can see it, like Wednesday when he really turns it on and feels like playing. It's—it's it's monster, but you know, there's another guy like that, that has been a good pro. But we thought he'd be great. You know, that kid named Clowney from South Carolina. You know, he stood out, he flashed as a freshman, and all of a sudden he was a legend. But the guy never had a motor.
1: Yeah, but Robinson doesn't have the explosion that Clowney had. Not many people on earth had the explosion that Clowney had. He's just, I, I don't know. But uh, a lot of I did see a lot of comps coming out this week to Keon White last year. Oh, okay. Just ba- just purely based on size profile.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah, and yeah, maybe personality too. Keon White is a different guy. You know, he's never going to be a locker room leader. Um but let's forget about him for now. <laughs> um a guy that I liked who didn't – he didn't shine. He didn't make me want to put him in my top 100 at this stage. But, boy, I think he's got a ceiling if he goes to the right place in their patient. Jalex. Jaylix Hunt. There's Hunt.
1: There's something there. There's, well, I don't
0: know what it is, but well, there's something he, there. Well, you know, he's he's got the speed. He's got the quickness. Yeah, he's got – He's got the long, you know, 34 and a quarter inch arms, and he can bend, as I like to say, he's bendy. Um, and he has just like I thought today in the one on ones, he really stood out. He was beating people, yeah.
1: He he weighed in at 250, but his frame looks like it could take more.
0: Oh, yeah, because he doesn't
1: look he doesn't look. He looks skinny, almost yes, like he does. like. He looks like two, like he's two twenty five, two thirty, but he, he weighed in at two fifty. I feel like he can probably add another fifteen pounds, bulk up a little bit, uh, and handle that edge a little bit more. But no, I'm with you. I, I there's something there. I I I'm with. I I can't go full, you know, first three rounds on Jalex Hunt. But I I think there's something there that a team's gonna like, and and try to develop. Yep. Yep.
0: If you've got if you've got a good teaching coaching staff, and you know the NFL has some, and they have some that are not that style. Um, if you can find him a couple of roles on special teams, and get him buffed up to just bring in on third and long and rush the passer, <laughs> you could get away with that for two three years and try to make an all around player out of him. And if you take him in the fourth or fifth round. You're not gonna to cry too much if you have to cut him after three seasons. High ceiling.
1: What do you th- what do you think Devondre Sweat weighed for him not to weigh in?
0: Well, I'll go, I'll go with Daniel Jeremiah, who said 374.
1: <laughs> I-, I will be honest. I mean, I wish he would have weighed just because everybody else does, but I don't care. That guy can play on my team. He's
0: he's strong. He's he's got some quicks. That's what, you know that's why I think if some team could could get him and get him into a, a good diet system, I'll bet you he eats a lot of junk food and get him into a conditioning program and just bring him down to 330. he could be NFL dominant.
1: Yeah I mean I, I don't think there's a doubt in my mind and you can you tell me if you think otherwise he is easily easily the best pure nose in this class
0: probably probably he's going to he's i mean he's even at his current condition and clearly he's not in great shape you know if they if he goes to a team that still does a lot of running at the beginning of training camp it's going to be september and he's still trying to get qualified yeah. to get on the roster but there you know if you need a clog for the middle of your defensive line And, you know, say you're a team like the Packers where they don't value highly defensive linemen. They get a certain type and they just plug them in there. And, you know, you count on the linebackers to catch anything that comes through the wash. Uh, You get a team that doesn't ask much. He sure, surely is going to just eat them up in the run game. And then you take them out on third down. I tell you the Bengals
1: uh need either an immediate or eventual replacement for DJ Reader. Yep. And Sweat would fit that role. He sure. Fits, he fits the bill for sure. <laughs> Put Reader's um,
0: uniform on him and you'd think it was him.
1: Speaking of another guy, I don't know if he's nose tackleable. Uh no, he's definitely not. He's he might not even be defensive tackleable. But uh, Marcus Harris from Auburn, I thought, had a good week. He's a, yeah, uh, he advisor.
0: has, he has. But yeah, but he's going to be kind of that tweener. Yeah, but yeah. then again, but then again, a lot of teams, you know, like I was not terribly impressed last year with Brooks from the Mac, Carl Brooks. Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. and yet the Packers again, who just want guys to take up space. You know, they're not counting on him for much more than that. Um, He was a valuable rookie addition to that Packers roster because the role was small enough that he could take care of business and get the job done. I think that's the kind of scenario you're talking about with some of these players like that. You know, you, you don't want to put them on a team where they don't ever blitz.
1: Yeah, Because, well, you know. That's another subject anything. for another podcast. But, man, did the Packers knock it out of the park with last year's draft or what?
0: Well, yeah. And you know what? I think what really helped them was, and uh, we we talk about this a was lot. Was the
1: 2023 country. Reese's Senior Bowl?
0: <laughs> well, no. I think, well, I think that the biggest key for them was I sense that Kunst had a come-to-Jesus meeting with the concept of Raz. Yep. Okay. He drafted just like the Colts have drafted and a few other teams. Give me athletes and we'll mold something around. We'll them. We'll figure it out. And yep. they'll play for us. So give me, not this year because the, the talent isn't deep, but give me five fourth round picks, you know, and let me go to town. And we're just going to get guys that'll come in and they'll, they'll they'll do the Belichick thing, do your job, nothing more, nothing less. And um, I think we got every year, there's more and more of those guys that come out. So it makes sense to do it. All right.
1: Last couple of uh, notes on the defensive line here. And we'll, we'll, we'll wrap up the American team. Uh. Have not been impressed uh, at all this week with a pair of SEC uh, defensive tackles. Jaden Crumity from Mississippi State has been a big old nothing for me. Yeah. And despite his high high school recruiting ranking, uh, and a kind of a local kid uh, not far from here across the state line of Mississippi and Loosedale uh, was McKinley Jackson from Texas A&M, and he has not done a whole lot this week either.
0: No, he – I, the The only good thing that I wrote about him was I like he's got he's got the biggest base I think I've ever seen on a guy that size, yeah, and that means his butt for those of you that you know, and he has a tendency he play I like the fact that he plays low. you know he's only six two and he stays he plays low, he stays low. He's the kind of guy that might be one of the guys you might use against against Kelsey on the tush push. And he might be able to get low enough with his weight and his bulk that he could stop that half-yard gain up the middle on the push. Um, but do I see him as a, again, not a top 100 on my list, not even close? No. But uh, but he might have a place if you need again a bruiser in the middle, just to take up snaps and take up space. He has a few moments.
1: I'm going to tell you. Let's let's that uh, we'll wrap up the offensive defensive line talk there for now. I think we've hit okay. all the names we needed to talk about. Um, let's move on to the skill players here for this team. We'll wrap it up. Far and away, to me, the best tight end in this game all week and I hesitate to use the word tight end here, but it's Jaheim Bell from Florida State. Only 6'1", but 236. Um, He's an H-back all day, but a good offensive coordinator is going to make him a weapon, dangerous weapon at the NFL level.
0: Yeah, I I see him as the H-back, the move, tight end, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Not an inline guy, certainly and not really a fullback either, but he's willing to block from what I have seen. Um, and he yeah, absolutely, yeah, if, you know, if he was, I don't know what, one-tenth of a second faster running the 40 and, you know, weighed 10 less pounds to get there, he could pass for a semi-wide receiver with, yeah. a, with the way he catches. Uh, but we'll tell you what. I'll go the opposite direction on this. I think on this squad, when it comes to tight end, another guy that I think would fill multiple roles, Ben Sinnott from Kansas State. He blocks very well, so he could play inline tight end and short mm-hmm. yardage and goal line and things like that. He is also flexible enough that I think he could fill some some – move tight end and some H-back roles for a team that doesn't have a fullback and they find themselves again first and goal at the seven-yard line and they want to run a couple of plays, but they can't. They really can't because they don't have a lead blocker. I think he could do that, and I've seen him. He can catch. Yeah. He's he made a, some
1: great. I mean, he made some nice acrobatic plays today in practice. Yeah. Uh and he's he's 6'4 254. I mean, he looks like a tight end unlike Bell. I just think with the athleticism that Bell possesses, I think he's going to be more valuable to
0: teams as a receiver. As a receiver, you know. I'd say and, let's call let's call him a receiver. He's not a wide receiver, right. but he's not a right. tight end. Right.
1: You know? That's that's fair. He can also run the ball though.
0: Yes. I mean, he was
1: South Carolina's leading rusher two years ago. Yeah. I'm not saying that was a good thing. I'm just saying <laughs> he was. Um, he smoked on a route today down in the goal line. Uh, a guy I think is the best safety in this class, not just in this game, Cameron Kinchins from Miami.
0: Yeah, I agree and with you just, on him. And he
1: just smoked him on a route today. And let everybody know it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no with, with some expletives <laughs> oh yeah, that was one of the times excuse <laughs> the colorful language. Come on guys, grow up. I
1: can't really judge these guys likewise. <laughs> but uh likewise uh the receiver that everybody was talking about on this team this week was ladd McConkey. I think Jamari Thrash from Louisville might have been the best wide receiver on the scene this week.
0: Oh, I think without a doubt. I, I think McConkie is a dependable, productive, slightly bigger Hunter Renfro. And up until the last change in leadership with the Raiders, Renfro was catching a lot of balls and getting paid good money. And now they don't use them anymore. Um, but I had the warm up to thrash, but you know he he showed me just a little bit more every day in practice. And then when I saw that he was on the GPS tracking system, he ran the fastest of any wide receiver, I think, in the game. Not I think just he ran this faster game. than anybody uh, this week. I think he went over twenty two miles per hour
1: uh on the GPS uh yesterday. So that was a full padded practice too.
0: Yeah. So he he then he came in second because the uh call up cornerback Johnson from Fresno yes, State. That's right. That's right. 22.17
1: yeah. miles yes, per Yes. You're right. That was And I'm gonna tell you what,
0: I thought he played well.
1: Uh, yes. Yeah, uh, he's out out here this week.
0: Well, and not that this matters, but Fresno State in the last decade has a pretty darn good record of turning out cornerbacks for the NFL. You know, Bland's not doing too bad. Well, no. Hey, we don't we don't need your help. My dog wants to help us. <laughs> if we I, too-
1: I, obviously, uh, your dog agrees with your uh, with the Fresno the Fresno State Bulldogs. There, They're maybe getting, that's getting, it. Get maybe getting on the, getting on board. All right, if, let's talk quarterbacks on the American team, and okay. you tell me, and you tell me. Why, I, why Spencer Rattler was the best quarterback of all seven this week. He was.
0: He was. It still does not mean that I would want to draft him for my team. Absolutely not. And it does not mean that I think I think he's on the cusp when somebody gets desperate of being a late third-round pick after this week. Okay, we know he's got the arm. I mean, he was threading the needle but I also saw him drop a couple right in the bucket Mm -hmm. on a little bit longer throws. And he was not afraid, although this can backfire as you well know, as a South Carolina fan, he's not afraid to try to thread the needle between the defenders. No no fear. No fear. And this week it worked most of the time.
1: Right. Uh, Uh I, I was talking to Jeff Risden and Chris from the Detroit Lions podcast uh, right. today at practice, and we were talking about. They were they were talking about Spencer Rattler after their wrap up show yesterday, and I was talking to them about him this morning. And their biggest note was how well, unlike the other quarterbacks who could not who weren't handling the pressure well in the full team drills, he stood in there and was firing bullets with yep. pressure right in his face. And I'm like, well, guys, uh, there's a reason for that for the last 25 games of his collegiate career he's done nothing but face pressure right in his face so yeah. he's well used to this well versed in that part of this game
0: he's had good survival training yes right in the pocket yes but but, but no what? i you know i'd be tempted to say well i am i am able to say this he has finally overall he has finally matured from the cocky five-star, I am the star, to being humbled at Oklahoma when Lincoln Riley brought in Caleb Williams and Spencer had you know had to move on. Um, and he, you know, he has still had a tendency to force things, but I've seen him throw balls away that he wouldn't throw away three years ago.
1: What I like most about Spencer Rattler this week was he had a terrible practice Tuesday. I mean, it was terrible. And multiple turnovers, multiple sacks taken in a team drill, but he took that information and he got better Wednesday. He got better today. I I, I think he was the best quarterback in practices this week. I don't think he's the best quarterback here. I'm with you. He's not. Um, he's not. He's uh, he's. I'm not going to have him rated higher than Nix or Penix, right? Uh, is he better than Michael Pratt? Higher rated than Michael Pratt on my board? I think so. Oh yeah. Um, I, he'll definitely be higher rated than Joe Milton or yep. Carter Bradley. Um, and and, and or and my and uh, Sam Hartman. Yeah. But yep. yeah, I just I thought he's had a good week, and and it's funny you talk about his maturity. Um, me and, uh, Nino, uh, had a chance to interview him at the media night last night for the, for uh, the CFP nation, our Garnet Roos podcast. And he, um, I, I asked him, what has he learned from his time being on that QB one show on Netflix, where he was the cocky, arrogant 17 year old kid to being humbled at Oklahoma. And now, you know, having to deal with the adversities had to deal with the South Carolina. And he he said it has made him a better man and a better person. He's grown so much. And like I said, the the players at South Carolina, they will kill for that guy. They love him to, they 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 love Spencer Rattler and he's a consummate teammate. He talked well of the the quarterback that I think is going to replace him next year. Talked about, you know, how great he thought he was going to be and what he tried to teach him. And it's it's I think it's a testament to him. I think he's going to end up being like a in the third round cop pick section there towards the, you know, pick 90 to 101 or whatever it is. I think he's going to go in that range he could. and uh, he and could. push to be a, and and maybe get a start at
0: some point in 2024. It, it could be, you know, if it depends on the team, depends right. on injuries, the team. It, yeah. you know, and if they, I would say if they try to, if somebody decides they're going to push him, we're in trouble here. Yes. I agree. You
1: know, he
0: is going to have to sit and learn and develop a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And then you bring him in in a few emergencies or a few throwaway games or whatever. But no, he's always had the arm. And I think he's. He's not a great scrambler, but I think he's better moving around in the pocket and escaping a little bit than he was three years ago. He got caught a lot in that pocket. I think his awareness has improved and his athletic response time to say, giddy up, I'm out of here. Yep, I agree.
1: Um, so let's wrap up the, uh, the week of practice as a whole. Um, what what are your thoughts on the 2024 Senior Bowl practices here, um, and w- what
0: are we going forward here? Well, I, I think we've had lots of conversations. Some you've had some on, on on air. We've had many off air. the The world of professional football in this country is in a Well, not just professional, college, although that's pretty professional nowadays. Um, A lot of things are in flux, and I think the status and the future of all-star games are in flux. Uh, When when you get, first of all, when you get the number of guys who won't commit and come at all to the top all-star game because they don't think it's going to help them at all and they don't want to get injured, and the agent doesn't want them there. And then you get what this phenomenon that has happened in the last two to four years where all of a sudden, like your list, there's over a dozen of the better players who all of a sudden are in street clothes or aren't participating. And last year, even though some of them stuck around, You you I don't know, you tell me, Brian. You 38. You you know, and you had tons of guys that were there and they just they weren't gonna play. Then you had
1: Jaron Hall, the quarterback from BYU, got on the damn plane, didn't even tell nobody. He just left. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And back Jaron Hall. Yeah. Yeah. And back in the day, a Baker Mayfield showed up and played half the first half of the game.
1: Well, Baker kind of had an excuse that year, so I. I, I well,
0: mean, yes, but he was a. But he, but at least he showed. Track.
1: He didn't have to show up for the game. He did. I, he he played a series and left. But I mean, it, at least he showed up. Yeah. Unlike Jaron Hall, who had no business skipping the game itself yeah. and did anyway. But that's and,
0: and Josh Allen was there, and I mean, you go down the list leading up to the last couple years and. Javon Kinlaw seemingly started this
1: phenomenon where he had the, the the one big day of practice and just bailed.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, I, obviously you can see how his career is working out in San Francisco. Get out while the getting is good and people like what you did. There you go. You know, give him a short piece and if it's good – Walk away, you know, like like the joke about Dion. I'm not sure it's true, but when he ran his yeah. 4.21 or whatever it was, yeah, just, just run right out of the run stadium, right out of the stadium the, limo yeah, that's, and uh, the airport. You know,
1: I mean that, that that's that could be urban legend at this point. Well, I guess we'll never know. Yeah, but it sounds like Dion to me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> really, it's it's very believable. Yes. So, but it's, and I hate to see it happening. You know, I'm a 26-year veteran of going to the Senior Bowl, and I don't live close. I never did. Um, And I think it provides, uh, you know, a great little perk for some of the small school kids, gives them a a big stage to do some good things, like us talking about a Jalex Hunt. Right. Would we ever be talking about him? If he didn't go to the Senior Bowl and didn't go to the Combine, no. You know he'd be one of those guys that only Mel Kiper used to know. <laughs> it was on page 800 of his <laughs> of his notes or whatever. Uh, I hate to see that disappear, but but I get it. It's just like, why is this draft going to be so shallow on talent? Well, because a lot of guys that aren't going to go in the first three rounds can make more money staying in school and taking no money and gifts legally. No problem. No problema. So I hope we can save them. But
1: I mean, I do too, but I guess only time will tell, but we're going to wrap up uh, tonight's uh, special edition of the draft countdown podcast, recapping the third and final day of practice at the 2024 Reese's senior bowl Um Tomorrow, We'll be back on the air at 8 o'clock again. Paul will be back. Shane will be back. And Scott Wright going to pop on with us tomorrow uh, night. Uh, the, uh. the founder of Draft Countdown. He'll be with us. And we're going to have our annual Grapeco a uh, Draft podcast slash party uh, that you guys kind of started before I ever met you guys. Where y'all, yeah, a couple of just, years. Where, where our northern friends discovered the beautiful sugary purple drink uh, bottled by Buffalo Rock that uh, it's just delicious. And, uh, but we've kind of made it our own thing these last few years where we make all sorts of game predictions and senior bowl predictions for the upcoming draft where we, you know, guess how many first rounders, how many top 100 players, you know, who's going to win the game MVP, what's going to be the final score of the game. We have a lot of fun with it. And uh, it's fun to look back at, you know, how those picks end up, you know, after the fact, but it's, uh, it's always good. So we'll, uh, we're will we going to have that tomorrow night for you guys. We'll have a little fun. Hope you'll join us then. Uh, but the best way to be able to join us then is if you're subscribed to the YouTube channel. So go ahead and do that. Hit the notification bell so you get notified when we go live with each and every podcast, which has been a lot this week. Uh, and we've gone on at random times. And uh, if you listen to this on the audio version of it, be it on Spotify or Apple Music, leave us a five-star review. We'd love to love to have you there as well. And uh share that out. And also uh join our Discord. Go to draftcountdown.com, top right corner the search bar. There's a link to join the Discord channel, get in there, discuss all this stuff that we've been talking about tonight and the NFL coaching ser- craziness, the college coaching craziness that continues because the NFL keep- has been hiring college coaches. You know, Jeff Hafley, Boston College, now with your Packers, Paul as the DC. Yeah. yeah rumors I, rumors I have ever seen that before. Rumors still- swirling. Yeah. that UCLA might be looking for a new coach because Chip Kelly might be taking an OC job uh in the NFL with the commanders under Dan Quinn. So oh, so we might go. have two more college head coaching jobs coming wide open. These guys are tired of dealing with this stuff, man. And I oh they say get it. it but again that's another story from another we got to wrap this up. So, okay. follow, me, follow me on Twitter at Deep Fried Draft. Follow Paul on Twitter at Pigskin Paul. Maybe he'll block you. Maybe he won't. We'll see. No, uh, no, follow amazing. Shane on Twitter at Shane P. Howell. Follow Draft Countdown on Twitter at Draft Countdown. And go to draftcountdown.com for all of your NFL draft needs. For Paul, I'm Brian. Good night, everybody.